0: Hello everybody, welcome back. This is Thomas. This is Ron. And together we are Mindful, mindful Conversations, Conversations Over Coffee. Coffee. Well, today we are going to talk about mindful leadership. We meet every month or thereabouts, and really the purpose of this is to hold each other accountable, to walk the talk and talk the walk.
1: In so doing, here's Ron. Okay, Thomas, so here we are, once again, in a slightly different format. Yes. Because yes. um, the coffee house that we j- attempted to record in was just way too loud. <laughs> we did try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, But it, it was just it was just way too much background noise. So we are trying a slightly different format today. Indeed. Um, and we we're in a quiet spot.
0: Very quiet. Actually, I'd like to think of this as the Petri dish. Yeah. It's the place... Where things grow organically.
1: Yes. There you go. There you go. Exactly the different ideas and where we're, we're trying to go here. So, Indeed. so yeah. So we're we're in a new we're in a new spot. Um, and uh, so, actually, I would love to hear feedback from from the audience. Do you like the coffee background noise, or do you prefer the quiet noise? So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what uh, feedback we get and uh, uh, from our various listeners here. So, our homework since the last time we chatted was all around. Um, Noticing when we are aware versus when we are on autopilot and thomas, I think your your homework is in, was in around the space of noticing the work life the harmony the flow with with some of your ideas what um, what What did you discover since we 've last chatted
0: well awareness is a very broad topic, and when I was trying to identify what it was to actually find flow and to identify harmony to really pin it down. What I noticed is that you needed to reset the scale. And if you're aware with this concept, before you actually start to weigh something, you have to get rid of some of the variables. Now, living in Canada, what is our normal? We, we can often talk about what's going on with the weather. And as Canadians, this is truly unique to us. But when we really look down at it on a granular type level, if this were mid-July, it would be 30 degrees outside. However, the same day in January, mid-January, it's negative 30. So our normal is relative to what our weather is, outside and inside. And for me to be able to properly determine when I am in a flow state, I need to make sure that my scale is zeroed out. Now, during the course of working through this project, I found some interesting experiments come to be. For example... Uh, One evening I was working on some paperwork and thought I was being mindful and it ended up being a very interesting time in that my entire world shrunk to that one little piece of paper in front of me. And it was basically sensory deprivation until someone from the other room called out my name and I traveled through time almost as if in science fiction back to reality. And I had the thought, was this mindfulness
1: within mindfulness, within a wormhole of mindfulness? Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's almost like, it's almost like flow state, what you're talking about, right? To say yeah. you get so caught up into an activity that all, every, you tune out everything else. So that's like a hyper focus. Exactly. Right? Um, is, that, is that mindfulness? Well, I don't, you know, that's a good question. I, I've been actually pondering that one. Recently, I'm actually working on an article on that particular one. Um, <laughs> cool. and, and maybe that might be the one for, for, for this month, but we'll see. Um, but I, I, my feeling is that flow is actually not mindfulness. And the reason why I say that is um, mindfulness is being consciously aware. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're, you're using the muscles of the mind, the intention and attention, and you're paying attention. Right. Right, so flow state is actually a creative state that you're actually allowing the unconscious mind to um, uh, to do its whatever you're doing from from um, the activity and the, or the performance that you're trying to do. So I think you use mindfulness to allow yourself to move into flow state, but I think it's a stepping stone.
0: Well, and this is the whole thing when we start looking at. The definitions therein, uh, I guess more organically, flow state is the space where you are engaged enough to be challenged, um, but you have enough skills to make a go of it. And that tends to hyper your focus, even though you try and experience the full gamut of everything around you. Inevitably, by zeroing in on that state, I believe you become much more efficient, uh, as well as closing the world around you. And I think that's a... A counterbalance. Yeah, but yeah,
1: yeah, very much so. Because I I guess I'm just trying to think the 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 idea of this particular measure is noticing when you're aware versus when you're on autopilot. Mm -hmm. So to me, an autopilot behavior is is you're being automatically reactive. So, for example, the phone rings and you stop and pick it up, and so you're having a conversation with somebody and that interrupts. So it's that it's it's oh the phone ring, I got to pick it up. It's almost like the Pavlov's dog type of something happens and you salivate. Indeed, I hear right a right bell here, ringing you're... somewhere. In the exactly, right? So it, it's that it's noticing when we're caught up into all those automatic behaviors, those reactive behaviors, instead of um, uh, creating that gap uh, or widening that gap between the stimulus and response. That's a very valid point. And again,
0: the intention and the intention sometimes become fuzzy when you start... Thinking in those
1: terms, right? Well, because everything is a pattern, right? So we are we are uh, pattern uh, creation, identification, and execution machines. I mean, that's what our brain hardware does. That's what the whole prefrontal cortex uh, is designed to do. Um, and you know, ninety eight percent of the, our behavior is automatic. Uh, it just we just you know we don't have to think to breathe. We don't have to think to walk. We you know you know we don't have to think to keep our heart beating. These things are all happening in, in the background automatically. Mm-hmm. Um, so the question is, uh, how do you, the, the purpose of the awareness piece is to say, okay, so through our lifetime, we've built, you know, hundreds, thousands of habits of these patterns that are running for us. And what we want to be able to do is, is use our awareness to almost kind of nudge and uh, um, nudge your unconscious uh, to maybe re- change some of those patterns so that. We you know instead of those automatic negative things, we create automatic positive things.
0: I agree. And some of the challenges that I had was dealing with some of those telephone rings, the squirrels, and the sparkly Squirrel. things. Absolutely. Um, and how I how I look at it is inside your head, you've got a really big dial. If you think back to the old 1970s stereos, where the volume is about the size of a basketball. Well, you want to take that dial from hyper focus perhaps eleven and maybe crank it back to seven, and that way you open up some of your bandwidth to maintaining that space and that's some of the things that I wrestle
1: with a lot during my homework right, right, so what sort of insight did you have around noticing the automatic behaviors versus the um when you were mindful to, oh, you know I you know I need to turn my attention here uh
0: Glad you asked that. So one profound experience I had was mowing my lawn. Um, To those out there, I I don't have a gas mower. I've got one of those 1950s style push reel mowers. Um, So you think of a circular barrel of blades. Well, it doesn't work unless you sharpen it. So there is an old saying in business to make sure you sharpen your saw, right? So there is a, a matter of Zen going into this. Now, in being mindful with this exercise, it should be a pretty simple thing, really. I mean, you sharpen your saw, you push the lawn more, the grass is done. However, when you approach it from a status of breaking it down to the individual pieces, my goal is to have the, sharp, uh, the saw sharp so that I may then be effective in cutting the lawn, it becomes a very microcosmal type of experience, and it's quite interesting to actually get some of the rewards from some of the simplest things um uh, to disassemble some of the real for instance and and put in the cogs the right way it's very simple but it becomes a very complex action of synergies and my experience therein was quite enriching not i was able to zone in on some tactile sensations that i'd never thought about
1: before very cool it's uh, so, a so mindful lawnmowing. That's a new one. I've never heard of that one before. It is very
0: it, Zen Buddhist <laughs> cowboy. Um, and, and with that as well, um, once everything was assembled, I found there was almost a hypnotic rhythm to the reel as it cranked along. And my cadence, of course, dictated the feedback that I got. And being quite in tune with that really made for a much much more efficient, much more rewarding experience as I took it all in right. um, and that 's something that i 'd not quite had the pleasure of doing beforehand very cool
1: yes I like that I like that so um so my homework was uh, so i think I was complaining that i wasn 't getting um my eight hours of sleep yes and uh so the the pattern was I was waking up at you know two thirty three thirty in the morning and unable to fall back asleep. And what I wanted to do is to kind of figure out well, what the heck was causing this and then make whatever adjustments so that uh, I could uh, actually get back to my seven and a half, eight hours sleep that I really, really need. Beauty sleep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I really need that. So so, I guess a long story short, I got, uh, I started noticing um that uh, well there's a lot going on in, in my life at the time so I mean it was only four four weeks ago but uh I know I was heading up to, uh, leading into vacation so I was you know so you know what the a week before thinking of all that stuff you got to get done so you can take a week off because sometimes it gets a, 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 a little hairy right I and all the things that are going on so so that was that was kind of happening um, there was uncertainty. I mean, it was just a stressful point in the project too. So, so of the 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 the, um, the, uh, the the project that I was working on uh, for work, and um, I just think that all the, kind of these different things were all just kind of combined. That was when I would wake up at two thirty instead of um, you know falling back to sleep. I, the mind would kick in and say, "Oh, I got to get this. I got to get this. I got to get this done." Right. So um, what, I, what I ended up doing was um, uh, once I became aware of it. So, okay, these are the patterns that I were running. What can I do a little differently now? So one of the things that, that I tried was, no, normally I meditate in the morning and I was still doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I took the opportunity to uh, for 10 minutes before going to bed and running my little app and, and, and running that. So I tried that. A little bit of success for me was a combination, a combination of things. Um, the, uh, I said actually, one of them was actually set an intention before going to sleep. So one of the, one of the mind hacks that, um, uh, that I, that I'd learned, uh, years ago that I had stopped trying for, for whatever reason is, so once again, using the muscle of the intention, right? Mm -hmm. The conscious mind. Yep. Before you go to bed, you, um, you, you set intention, say, um, kind of, kind of almost telling yourself. Uh, I'm about to go to sleep. I'm going to sleep for you know seven and a half to eight hours. Actually, I'm going to wake up at you know five a.m. I'm going to it's going to be alert and refreshed, and uh, um, I'm just going to have a really good night's sleep. And just kind of just kind of saying that, saying that you know in your brain, in your brain, kind of doing that, and then um, and then when you close your eyes uh, on the pillow, it, that's when you're just kind of you just you don't pay attention to the all the the, the thought stream that's going on in your brain, right. but you pay attention to say, okay, oh this pillow. Man, this is really soft, and get, you know the blanket really cover you know thing. So so uh, falling asleep was like I said, what really wasn't an issue. It was the okay, now now two thirty in the morning when you wake up, it's staying asleep. yeah 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 you know so, so 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 now it's okay. I noticed the brain okay was started reaching, but so I used the kind of same type of thing to say look, you know I, I have you know that's 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 sleep for another two and a half hours, so I can get up at five o'clock, alert and refreshed, and. Um, started instead of the you know my mind still wanted to race mm-hmm. but I intentionally turned my attention toward the softness of the pillow and and you know within 20 minutes um I was able to fall back asleep Congrats. and and this this happened for a couple nights and then all of a sudden snap I'm now back to my eight hours fantastic uh, so good to hear so so it was really just kind of one of these you know trying different things Um, uh, knowing that, you know, there's, you know, know, life just changes Mm -hmm. because, you know, so it's, it's not one of it's, I guess the real lesson is realizing this whole thing is a practice. It isn't something that you just do once, set and forget. Um, You just constantly got to, you constantly keep doing it and you have to keep adjusting it. Well, I
0: mean, that's the thing. As you keep moving forward, everything around you changes oh,
1: well okay, okay uh uh-huh. so this whole thing is about awareness versus autopilot right. so so if you put your mindfulness practice on autopilot you don't necessarily get. you got to stay awareness of your awareness <laughs> how's that for a uh, <laughs> uh, yeah
0: I'm, I'm having some flashbacks of a movie i saw what was that um oh gosh Inception. Oh yes, yes. So we yes, put we, the mindfulness into the mindfulness, and then we create more mindfulness.
1: Yes, there we go. Exactly. So yeah. So that was an interesting little bit of aha. Um, uh, uh-huh, I guess we just had it there. So which is pretty cool. So um, so I, I guess overall, I guess homework was I guess would be a success on um, uh, mindfulness. I guess a measurable piece. You had um, uh, your 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 Zen moment. I did. Uh, There was also a few other things there um, I didn't uh,
0: really go elaborately into, though I did have some success with, and that was separating or blending the the work and uh, the home uh, Mm -hmm. into the the harmonious flow. And what I found uh, upon analysis and and realizing what was going on from the autopilot is I blend a lot of things. So in my office, um, it's not uncommon for me to get chore stuff done, um, listing uh, things around the house while I take care of some of the business stuff. And ultimately, while both things seemingly get done, it doesn't feel like you get done. And that's something that I've really identified and now I'm consciously trying to avoid. So really doing one thing really well
1: at the time and focusing on that. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So, um, so, what would be now? I guess our homework for the next week, right? Sorry, for the next month, uh, when when we get to back together, so the next measure in the um, the measures of mindful leadership is about open your mind, and this is about possibility, creating possibility. So, the idea of um, noticing when we're being judgmental, or I guess our own biases, and, mm-hmm. and uh, um, maybe part of these things that are that are causing the autopilot. You know, there's or sorry, of the um, when we're on the auto reactions, yes, right, uh, versus um, approaching things with the curiosity um, and creating that curiosity muscle, right. So, um, when you think of that, do you have an idea of what uh, you might be able to explore? Uh, yeah,
0: absolutely. Right? I mean, bias, like I mentioned earlier, with the weather is you zero things out. So, for instance, uh, we both possess a fair bit of experience uh, in life and in business that experience oftentimes will shut down some of your creativity and set you in a path that will sometimes lead you to a dead end. For instance, as a typewriter mechanic, you may not be doing a lot of work right now, but you've got a lot of experience therein. Now, to be able to take some of that and then push it forward to adapt to some of those changes through mindful exercises could then see you move on into an IT-type field. Um, A comment that I came across, interestingly enough, on this topic uh, was uh, to do with experience being a wonderful teacher, but unfortunately it makes itself redundant. Um, And that's exactly where I think we should be taking it here, in that opening up to the curiosity is a really tough thing to do when you already know how to do something or you think you already know how to
1: do yeah, something. Yeah, it's, it's that. It's, it's the, the, the personal bias. Is like it's almost like the. There's a term for that. The expertise. Um. Um. Uh, there's a term for it. And it'll come back to me after we finish recording. But the. Um. Uh, but it's once again it's that bias. Think. Oh, yeah. I've known everything. I've been there. I've done that. Um. And I, I think we've all been in situations where someone gives us some advice, and we're very quick air to quotes. see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quotes exactly. You Didn't yet. You got to see those on the on, on the podcast. Um, and then we, um, I said, oh, no, I'd already done that. Or, um, oh, I tried that. It didn't work. And, you know, and it's really just where our, our, we get automatically kind of defensive. Yes. Instead of saying, oh, okay, well maybe it could work in this particular situation or what's, what's different now, um, uh, from, from say when you, um, 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 first went through whatever didn't work for you right?
0: well the obvious is the last time I've been doing this for the last 20 years I mean look at some of the the things around us, the machines that we work with, clearly things have moved on without us and it's oh, yeah. absolutely necessary that we go along with it um, as much as it takes us out of our comfort zone we need to ensure that these changes are being minded right. and in, integrated into our skill set, so we're constantly out of our comfort zone, um, and that's where the curiosity comes
1: into play. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I originally, um, when I was thinking of this particular measure, um, what kind of came to mind, and it was like you know probably one of the very first things that I did on I guess on you know, one of my mindfulness journey you know twenty five years ago um, was you know i I kind of there was kind of a decision that I made am, am I going to stay a couch potato or am I going to work on this like whatever this is self improvement component and I sometimes reflect back and say you know life would have been so much easier if I stayed a couch potato <laughs> but it wouldn't have been as interesting um and I think one of the one of those pivot points for me was um do I you know do you do you get a, like a um a positive mindset versus a negative, like the half cup, half full versus em- half empty, mm-hmm. and um, really, I think it was it was that. Okay, I'm going to look at the positive side of things, develop a positive mindset, a positive attitude, and and I've been working on that for for, for quite some time. But it, it I, I noticed when it could have gone either way.
0: Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to make those choices, though. I mean, the the couch is quite often. The most comfortable place, and ironically, if you sit in the couch long enough, you build a rut, literally yeah, and figuratively. Exactly. Uh, so, getting up and out uh, is the difficult choice, but ultimately, the high road will take you to better
1: places. Yeah. So, the uh, I'll put a link to a, an article on the um, on the show notes, um, but it's one um, uh, some some advice from uh, I think it's Dan Pink from To Sell as Human, mm-hmm. and uh, he actually outlines three three ways to uh, develop a positive mindset. Um, and he talks about uh, positive self-talk. Um, and this is slightly different than affirmations. Um, it's actually doing it in the form of questions, which is really quite interesting. Um, the ratio you should be thinking from. So if you think about giving people feedback or even just your own, the, the words that you go on, it, it, the ideal ratio is around a three to one. So that for every negative, you have three positive thoughts, um, and the last one is really the the positive story. So when something actually happens to us, um, uh, say that where we you know we we're kind of beating ourselves up mm-hmm. is how do you reframe it so that it is actually uh, um, what lesson you might have learned from this instead of saying oh I'm a failure uh, around yes,
0: and that actually touches home a little bit in how you approach something. Uh, is paramount to how the outcome uh, is. So with these affirmations, for example, they'll never work if you don't believe it. I'm a great person. I'm a great leader. Well, if you don't think that inside, your internal is going to say, well, no, you're not. Right. And that doesn't work. So by posing it as a question, I think you bypass a lot of that automatic trigger. Yeah. Um, To to quote, uh, I guess, a a more visual, you have a, a guard... Posted at the gate, Um, Anthony Robbins came up with this a long time ago. You want to push the guard over to the side and let the stuff... Flow into the creative
1: centers and right. and start moving. Uh, moving yeah, there. yeah. I think I remember. I, remember, I forget what, what personal power tape that might have been. It yeah, was, yeah, it, yeah it was We're very, dating ourselves. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. That's where absolutely. you start your journey, folks. Yeah, there we go. So, um, so having said, okay, so 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 we want to explore this thing called um, you know, curiosity, noticing where we're, where we're being judgmental. So, what's your homework? that do so, you think about? What you're going to take away for the next few weeks.
0: Well, we're going to take this one to a business level. Uh, I uh, I I face a lot of negativity during the course of my day Um, and what I have to do is before I engage in conversations with prospects uh, and clients I need to put myself into a positive headspace and much of the time as humans when we look back to history when we start thinking of the things that are scary usually they have teeth and they have claws and that's where we go to in our mind even today um, so when you start bypassing some of those teeth and claw thoughts and actually push past that you'll find that the worst adversary is the one that's in your mind my homework is to live that talk and as i go into one of these conversations to get rid of the saber-toothed tiger and to visualize positive outcomes uh before i i wash through the thicket and and
1: encounter these demons very cool i like that idea um, I'm gonna. I want to explore. Is the the it, it's kind of um. Think about those times when you might might be at the office, and then um, uh, you get caught up in say whatever office 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 gossip is going on, and um, and it's very easy to collaborate and start judgment. You know whatever the office politics might might be going on. And one of the, the muscles that I haven't exercised um, intentionally for a while is uh, defending those not present.
0: And please explain. And actually, I think we coined a new term here, folks: the office gossip. Yeah, yeah.
1: Off, oh, yeah, whatever, yeah. That was, whatever that was. Whatever that was. Let's see if that fits in later on. Yeah, somewhere. exactly. So the 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 idea of um, it can it can feel good to get into a negative spin because most office office gossip. Is you know that you're complaining about the boss or or you know whatever water cooler stuff might be might be going on, but it 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 can really be a, a suck a negativity you know suck <laughs> um, or po- it sucks the positivity out and you just kind of get in this this really bad space. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, what I want to one of the ways to combat that is to um, put the put a curious hat on. And so whoever happens to be talking about whoever, um, actually posing the question, say, well, well, you know, what's, if we were to give them the benefit of the doubt? What's their mindset? At? What were what we, what might have been them thinking? You know, it's it's it. I think people are very good at bashing others, but they're not very good at um you know, standing in the other person's shoes.
0: Walking a the mile. right? I
1: mean, it is
0: nature and natural to the Schadenfreude is the, the the term that comes to mind. Is people tend to group in crowds when train wrecks happen because it's so delicious to see. Mm. Uh, that being said, uh, to actually envision um, a different outcome is very boring. So,
1: why would you want to do that? Why would you want? Why would you? Because I think it's I think it's important to actually defend people. Like well. The it's it, it can get it can um, I guess one from a values perspective um, uh, wanting to um, uh, you know if if you, if you, if you're going along so so say someone is bashing somebody else and you don't raise your hand and say guys this isn't appropriate um, you're um, you're almost kind of you know collaborating on it. Um, And that's why I I really like that idea of defending those not present to be able to say, look, if 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 you're if you're not willing to say it to their face, it shouldn't be said.
0: Agreed. The thing that I've seen is people tend to have negative buddies and they spin off each other's negative energy. Mm -hmm. So, for example, in a sales, uh, let's say a car dealership where you have a group of individuals who are having a bad day. One guy says, well, you know, I haven't moved a car in four hours, while well, the next fellow says, well, you know what, it has, it's been a week for me, and so on and so on. And it's like the old fishing stories where the fish get bigger and bigger, but they tend to empower each other to go into a negative downward spiral. Right. And right. They, they latch onto each other
1: as the spiral spins faster. Right. To be able to exit that. Takes a very big person, right? Anyway, so I, I guess I, I want to get, I, I want to be aware of when I might be getting caught up into that spiral. Good for you, and, uh, um, and that's really my homework. And um, report back next time we we get together of what I observed. I know there will be notes. There you go. Cool. So there we are. Indeed. And um, so, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We will uh, we'll talk to you again in a few weeks. We very much
0: appreciate uh, your patronage uh, and your time. Please uh, spread the word, subscribe, and let us know some feedback. We uh, often tend to feed off each other, though the audience, you, is what is most important to us. Well Well said. And with that, have a fantastic month. Thank you. Be well.